Welcome to Asia Today, it's Thursday, 29th of August 2019. In your headlines today, China rotates new troops into Hong Kong even as protesters continue to call for democracy. Indonesia further pledged 40 billion US dollars to modernize Jakarta before proceeding with the new capital. And in the United Kingdom, Prime Minister Boris Johnson sparks outrage after forcing a suspension on Parliament. China rotated troops in its People's Liberation Army, or PLA, garrison in Hong Kong today, days before protesters planned to hold a march and rally, calling for full democracy for the Chinese root city after three months of sometimes violent demonstrations. Chinese state media described the troop movement in the early hours as routine, and Asian and Western diplomats watching PLA movements in the former British colony had been expecting it. But, even if routine, the timing is likely to hit nerves in the special administrative region of Hong Kong, which returned to China in 1997. China's military will make even greater contributions to maintaining Hong Kong's prosperity and stability, state news agency Xinhua cited the People's Liberation Army garrison in the territory as saying. The military had completed a routine troop rotation of air, land and maritime forces, the news agency said. Xinhua and the People's Daily released pictures and footage of armoured personnel carriers moving in convoy in Hong Kong before dawn, their lights flashing. Observers estimate the Hong Kong garrison numbers between 8,000 and 10,000 troops split between bases in southern China and a network of former British Army barracks in Hong Kong. Trucks full of white-gloved PLA soldiers rode into Hong Kong within hours of the 1997 handover raising questions about their role. They stage frequent drills but have seldom since been seen outside their bases. China has denounced the protests and accused the United States and Britain of interfering in its affairs in Hong Kong. It has sent clear warnings that forceful intervention is possible. Hundreds of people's armed police this month conducted exercises at a sports stadium in Shenzhen that borders Hong Kong a day after the U.S. State Department said it was deeply concerned about their movements. Xinhua said the rotation today was normal. The news agency said, The Hong Kong garrison of the Chinese People's Liberation Army conducted the 22nd rotation in its members, of its members in the wee hours of Thursday since it began garrisoning Hong Kong in 1997. Approved by the Central Military Commission, the move is normal routine and will rotation in line with the law of the People's Republic of China on garrisoning the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region, which stipulates that the Hong Kong garrison shall practice a system of rotation of its members. The Chinese statement last year said the number of soldiers and amount of equipment of the troops stationed in Hong Kong was maintained with no change. That was not in Thursday's announcement. China also rotated troops in neighbouring Macau, a former Portuguese colony that returned to Chinese rule in 1999. The Civil Human Rights Front, the organiser of previous mass protests in Hong Kong that it said attracted up to 2 million people, planned to rally from central to Beijing's main representative office in Hong Kong on Saturday. Police refused permission for the march on Thursday, but the group said it would appeal. The protests would mark five years since Beijing ruled out universal suffrage for Hong Kong. 
Activists targeted the representative office in July, daubing anti-China slogans on its walls. The protests come as Hong Kong faces its first recession in a decade, with all its pillars of growth under stress. Unrest escalated in mid-June over a now-suspended extradition bill that would have allowed people to be sent to mainland China for trial in Communist Party-controlled courts. It has since evolved into calls for greater democracy under the One Country, Two Systems formula, under which Hong Kong has been run, has been run since 1997, guaranteeing freedoms not enjoyed on the mainland that include an independent judiciary. The protests in the Asian financial hub have posed the biggest challenge for Communist Party rulers in Beijing since President Xi Jinping took power in 2012. Beijing is eager to quell the unrest before the 70th anniversary of the founding of the People's Republic of China on 1st October, when Xi will oversee a large military parade in the Chinese capital. Saying in Hong Kong, Hong Kong police have banned a mass protest rally from going ahead on Saturday over public safety concerns, organizers said, after last weekend saw some of the worst violence in three months of political unrest in the financial hub. In a letter to the Civil Human Rights Front, or CHRF, today, police said they feared some participants would commit violent and destructive acts. Protesters have not only carried out arson and large-scale road blockades, but also used petrol bombs, steel balls, bricks, long spears, metal poles, as well as various self-made weapons to destroy public property on a large scale, damage, damage social order, and cause injury to others, the letter said of previous protests. The rare move comes after officers deployed water cannons and fired a warning gunshot to fend off radical protesters on Sunday night after a sanctioned rally turned ugly. Saturday's rally was set to mark five years since Beijing rejected political reforms in Hong Kong, a decision which sparked the 79-day umbrella movement. The CHRF, responsible for the largest rallies the city has seen in decades, said they would appeal the decision. The group's leader, Jimmy Sham, told reporters, You can see the police's course of action is intensifying, and you can see Hong Kong leader Carrie Lam has in fact no intention to let Hong Kong to return to peace, but is trying to incite the anger of more citizens through tough measures. Supporters have been urged to gather in the city centre and later march to the liaison office, the department that represents China's central government in Hong Kong, but both aspects, which need permission from authorities, have been banned. The last event organised by the CHRF on 17 August brought hundreds of thousands of people to the streets in a deliberate show of peaceful protest that saw demonstrators disperse without clashes. On that occasion, the initial rally in the Hong Kong Park was approved by authorities, but protesters later defied a ban to march through the city. The protests were ignited when the city's Beijing-backed government tried to pass a bill allowing extraditions to mainland China but have evolved into a wider call for the greater democracy and an investigation into allegations of police brutality. The mainly young protesters say their freedoms, unique within China, are being eroded by Beijing. More than 850 people have been arrested since June. The unrest has shown no sign of abating, with protesters locked in a stalemate with the Hong Kong government, which has refused to give in to their demands. The Indonesian government is not abandoning Jakarta after announcing plans to move the country's capital, 
its planning minister said, pledging to spend 40 billion US dollars to save the slowly sinking city in the next decade. The current Indonesian capital will undergo a 571 trillion rupiah, or 40.18 billion US dollars urban regeneration in the next 10 years, more than the 33 billion US dollars expected cost to build a new capital city on Borneo Island. Bambang Rojonegoro told Reuters in an interview. Rojonegoro said, Jakarta is the centre of everything in Indonesia. What we are moving out of is the centre of administration, but finance centres, businesses and trades will stay. Jakarta is one of the world's most densely populated cities, home to more than 10 million people and three times that number when counting those who live in surrounding towns. Rojonegoro said the relocation decision was taken because the government knew the population concentration in Jakarta has to be reduced. The government expects to begin moving to the new capital city in East Kalimantan province in 2024. People assume Jakarta is doing fine. Jakarta is not doing fine at all. The water condition is a cause for concern. Wastewater, air pollution, he added. Only 60% of the city has pipe water infrastructure, forcing millions of people and businesses to dig wells to use up groundwater, hurting the environment, Rotonegoro said. The over-extraction makes Jakarta prone to floods and sinking due to subsidence. Rising sea levels aggravated the sinking, with some part of the city dropping as much as 11 inches a year, making Jakarta the fastest sinking city of its size globally. Part of the new project submitted by the city government is to extend water pipes to cover all of Jakarta so that people don't rely on groundwater, Rojonegoro said. The government will also build a new sewage system, he said. The biggest chunk of the spending would be for mass transportation, such as lengthening the newly built track for its mass rapid transit or MRT system, a new loop line railway, more commuter lines, bus-only lanes and flyovers, Rojonegoro said. Jakarta suffers from some of the world's worst traffic jams. The congestion, the current dry season, industrial problem, and the city's reliance on coal power plants have put Jakarta among the world's most most polluted cities as well. Harry Andreas, a geodesist who does research on subsidence for the Bandung Institute of Technology, said Jakarta may be saved if people stop sucking groundwater, even though he noted any construction could weigh on the city. He said, if 100% of Jakartans stop using groundwater, we can build infrastructure massively and the ground will not subside. However, at the current sinking rate, 95% of Jakarta will be underwater by 2050, Andreas warned. Moving on to world news, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson sparked fury yesterday among pro-Europeans and MPs opposed to a no-deal Brexit by forcing the suspension of Parliament weeks before Britain's EU departure date. The pound slid on the surprise news, which opponents branded a coup and a declaration of war, but Johnson claimed it was necessary to allow him to pursue a bold and ambitious new domestic agenda. It came a day after opposition parties vowed to seek legislative changes to prevent a no-deal Brexit. Queen Elizabeth II approved the request to end what has been the longest session of Parliament in nearly 400 years in the second week of September and reopen it on 14 October, just over two weeks before Brexit. 
Thousands of people protested in London, Manchester, Edinburgh and other cities, while an online petition decrying the decision had garnered more than one million signatures within the space of a few hours by late Wednesday. At the biggest rally, crowds gathered near Parliament in London chanting Stop the Coup and waving EU flags. Johnson, who leads the Conservative Party, vowed in a letter to MPs. Parliament will have the opportunity to debate the government's overall programme and approach to Brexit. However, his decision incensed lawmakers vehemently against Britain leaving the EU without a deal on 31st October, as they will now have less time to try and thwart such a scenario. Jeremy Corbyn, leader of the main opposition Labour Party, denounced the move as a smash-and-grab against democracy and reiterated he would call a no-confidence vote in Johnson's government, which commands a majority of just one seat. Former Chancellor Philip Hammond also pledged to keep fighting against no deal. It would be a constitutional outrage if Parliament were prevented from holding the government to account at a time of national crisis, he said. U.S. President Donald Trump weighed into the role by praising Johnson as great and claiming it would be very hard for Corbyn to topple him in a no-confidence vote. The Labour leader shot back, tweeting Johnson was a compliant Prime Minister who will hand Britain's public services and protections over to U.S. corporations in a free trade deal. In the seismic 2016 referendum on Britain's EU membership, 52% voted in favour of leaving the bloc, a result that has left Parliament and the country bitterly divided. Johnson insists Britain must leave by the October 31st deadline, already twice delayed, with or without a divorce deal from Brussels. Parliament has rejected three times the withdrawal agreement struck between Brussels and the government of Johnson's predecessor, Theresa May. Opposition lawmakers called it a blind Brexit, while Eurosceptics objected to a so-called backstop provision to keep the British... Sorry to keep the Irish border open for people and goods, which would keep Britain closely aligned with the EU. Johnson wants the EU to, to drop the backstop measure entirely, something Brussels has repeatedly ruled out. In Paris, Britain's Brexit Secretary Stephen Barclay told a business conference on Wednesday the EU would be blamed for a lack of flexibility on the backstop issue in the event of no deal. The government's chief Brexit adviser, David Frost, was in Brussels for talks, but an EU summit on October 17-18 will likely determine whether there is any scope for compromise. If not, Britain will end its four decades of membership without a deal governing future trade relations and citizens' rights. The pound slumped more than 1% at one point, but shares rose as London-listed multinationals stand to gain from a weaker currency. Scottish First Minister Nicola Sturgeon accused Johnson of acting like a tin pot detector by pushing through an outrageous assault on basic democratic principles. Meanwhile, Ruth Davidson, Conservative leader in Scotland, was set to resign today in part due to opposition to Johnson's hardline Brexit strategy, according to reports. More than 70 parliamentarians have launched a fast-track legal bid at the highest civil court in Scotland, aimed at preventing Johnson from suspending Parliament. Lawyers for Gina Miller, a businesswoman and leading anti-Brexit campaigner, said they were also challenging Parliament's suspension in English courts. Parliament typically goes into recess around the annual party conference season, which kicks off on September 14 and ends on 2 October. Robert Craig, a constitutional expert at Durham, 
at Durham University said there was a theoretically absolutely nothing wrong with the suspension, noting it was normal for a new leader to start a fresh parliamentary session. But the reason it, that it is causing outrage is because it's reducing the number of available days for Parliament to stop a no-deal. John Burko, the Speaker of Parliament's Lower House of Commons, who was not forewarned about Johnson's suspension decision, labelled it a constitutional outrage. He said, It is blindingly obvious that the purpose of pro prorogue prorogation, prorogation now would be to stop Parliament debating Brexit. Every region in the world, except the Americas, is experiencing an increase in the number of cases of measles, a vaccine-preventable disease that can kill or disable children, the World Health Organization, or WHO, said today. The WHO's Kate O'Brien puts the blame on weak health systems and misinformation about vaccines, and called on social media outlets and communities to make sure information about preventing the highly contagious disease was accurate. O'Brien, director of WHO's Department of Immunization, Vaccines and Biologicals, told a news briefing. We are backsliding. We are on the wrong track. We have a worrying trend that all regions are experiencing an increase in measles, except for the region of the Amer Americas, which has seen a small decline. Nearly three times as many cases were reported from January to July this year than in the same period in 2018, the WHO said. Nearly 365,000 cases have been reported globally this year, the highest figure since 2006, it said, noting that they represent only a fraction of the 6.7 million suspected cases. Measles caused an estimated 109,000 deaths in 2017, its most recent figures show. The biggest outbreaks are raging in the Democratic Republic of Congo, with 155,460 cases, Madagascar, with 127,454 cases, and Ukraine, with 54,246 cases, it said. Europe has also lost ground, with four countries stripped of their measles-free status in 2018, Albania, Zeech Republic, Greece and Britain, it said. The WHO figures did not include a specific breakdown of numbers for the Americas region. The United States has recorded 1,215 measles cases across 30 states in its worst outbreak since 1992, federal health officials said on Monday. Health experts say the virus has spread among school-aged children whose parents declined to give them the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, which confers immunity to the disease. Trust in vaccines, among the world's most effective and widely used medical products, is highest in poorer countries but weaker in wealthier ones where scepticism has allowed outbreaks of disease such as measles to persist, a global study found in June. O'Brien said, We do see misinformation as an increasing threat. We are calling on social media providers, communities, leaders, people who speak out to be sure you are communicating accurate, valid, scientifically credible information. In the 53 countries of Europe, 90,000 measles cases were recorded in the first half of this year, already more than that for all of 2018, said Siddhartha Data from the WHO's Regional Office for Europe. Ukraine, which accounts for more than half the cases, is implementing a robust response. He said, The Ministry of the Health, the Ministry of Health is doing targeted immunization campaigns, 
They are also doing school-based vaccination, high-risk vaccination of military recruits and healthcare workers. This is the end of Asia Today. For more news, head over to cna.asia.